Hello, this is Alex Burkett, and you're listening to the Long Game Podcast. Typically, we have long-form conversations with the thought leaders, speakers, and experts that you'd love to meet and have the free-flowing conversations better suited for a conference happy hour. However, this episode is part of our Kitchen Side series, where we take you behind the scenes at our agency, Omniscient Digital, and show you how the sausage is made and the discussions that we have internally. In this episode, we're talking about whether you should hire freelance writers or subject matter experts to fuel your content marketing program. Of course, we define what exactly a subject matter expert is and how that differs from a thought leader. We also cover the pros and cons of each approach, as well as a way to maybe blend the two together and get the best of both worlds and work with both writers and subject matter experts. I was substantially caffeinated during this episode, so hopefully that reads as high energy and not highly annoying. In any case, this discussion was fruitful, interesting, and also tactical. Without further ado, here's this episode of our Kitchen Side series on the Long Game Podcast. So on this episode of Kitchen Side, we're talking about should you hire writers or subject matter experts? So Ali, Alex, David... What, let's start with first, let's establish the difference between a writer and a subject matter expert. Um, I can start. First, I think that they can be the same thing. Um, very, very often is that the case. But if we had to separate the two, I would say a writer excels more at the communication part, um, telling a good story, weaving a narrative, getting to the point of a piece without sacrificing reader experience. Subject matter experts... Um, obviously have a lot of authority and credibility. They know a product or topic really well, and they excel at more of the educational how-to part of a content piece. I think we should break out writer too. I think like a content writer is more specific because subject matter experts will often write internal documentation or things like that that don't necessarily communicate to the external world. Mm -hmm. So the difference between a content writer and a subject matter expert, I guess like could best be illustrated my time at CXL, right? Like somebody who runs A-B tests and somebody who writes about A-B tests. And that person, like myself, could be the same. But uh, and often, most often, I feel like that is separate, um, depending on the industry. But yeah, the subject matter expert is going to be the one kind of getting their hands dirty, uh, doing the work and kind of knowing the, the specific industry kind of in and out. Um, and the writer is going to be, you know, communicating that stuff to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd want to even add an additional layer where if, if I were to think of it in terms of hierarchy, there's the like content marketer, the writer, there's the subject matter expert, and then there's the thought leader. One person might be all three, but there's a certain tier of type of content that's created by each type of person. Um, and I think each type of person is best suited to a different type of format of content or subject matter as well. So you're saying like there's a difference between an SME and a thought leader or there can be? Yeah. Like if, if we use like animals as an example, like a lot of their content is written by subject matter experts, but it's thought leadership. It's not exactly like tactical stuff or how to do something mm-hmm. day to day. And there might be some tactical or like SME stuff. And if you look at HubSpot, I don't think HubSpot has any thought leadership. And if they did, I don't, I don't agree that it's thought leadership but they have a lot of subject matter expertise and like at, at the, I'm going to call it lower tier. I don't know if that's the best word, but like it's a lot of writers who can communicate 
a lot of ideas somewhat well. Um, and some of them are like entry level ideas that you don't need subject matter expertise to write about. Yeah, I would, I would actually say that most of the writers are not SMEs. They are just very good at research, you know, piecing together things that they've learned throughout their writing process. Um, but I do, you know, know that they hire for writing shops and then build up SMEs throughout the process of writing. Um, but I know we'll get into more of the research side later on. I, I don't know if this is where you were going with this, but also <clears throat> the difference between like a thought leader and a subject matter expert. I feel like sometimes a thought leader isn't necessarily a subject matter expert anymore, at least. So oftentimes mm-hmm. at conferences, you get people, and maybe maybe this is a difference that doesn't actually exist in your minds, but to me, a subject matter expert is a practitioner, and sometimes thought leaders are kind of far removed from the work. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if those are even the same thing. Interesting. Like, yeah. Like one example that comes to mind for thought leadership is like, so Mind Bloom is like, they're trying to bring psychedelic therapy to people. They have a lot of thought leadership, and sure, they have SMEs and like researchers to help create the content, but the founders of the company are thought leaders trying to move like the therapy space into like this new foray of like, mm-hmm. treatment, right. Like they may not know exactly all the science behind it or hopefully they do, but the way the level at which they're talking and functioning is more of a thought leader than SME. Mm, that's a good illustration. So like the mm-hmm. PhD researcher is going to be the SME in that case, the founder, maybe the thought leader, and then you hire a writer to basically publish kind of the mixture of those two things on the blog and communicate with the world in an effective way. Yeah. So that was one of my questions. Would an SME likely go off and do some research or do they just go off their own experience and expertise? But that answers the question that they would do research, right? That's not just something that would be exclusive to some writer who is trying to get a grasp of the topic. In my opinion, it's best when they do. I think you do get probably like better firsthand knowledge. Like that's why, like when I started at CXL, I didn't know much about AB testing and conversion rate optimization, uh, except for just like reading posts myself, but I hadn't, you know, necessarily run many AB tests, but yeah, when I started writing, I felt kind of self-conscious about that. So I made sure to work with the agency, work with clients, take on my own clients and get that expertise. And like my writing improved through that experience because I knew back of the hand and I didn't have to just necessarily trust what I was reading on other blogs or from you know, resources for people I was reaching out to. I kind of knew the stuff myself. Gotcha. Makes sense. So what should somebody look for in an SME when they're looking to hire? What questions would you ask somebody when you're interviewing them? I would say I would look at how they define themselves. Um, That's usually like the first step that I would take is someone, you know, if someone markets themselves a freelance writer or a content writer versus like, I'm a cannabis writer or I'm a psychedelic therapy writer or whatever. That usually is the first signal that they know how they've like niched down and they know what they're good at or what they have experience with, or they know what they specialize in. Um, Secondly, I always ask for firsthand experience. I just hired someone for my own team at my other job and they have firsthand experience in working with data. They're like a data engineer. They do writing on the side. That was hugely important to me because I don't have that knowledge. 
we can get into that later on, but I really enjoyed hearing not only like their portfolio pieces and like what they've written for and who they've been published under, but what they do at a, the day to day and what they've experienced, what they've had their hands on, kind of like what Alex said about AB testing, mm-hmm. um, what they've done for themselves, because that's going to ultimately infuse into their writing. Yeah, sure. Anyone else want to add to that? We've, we've mentioned it before, but to touch on Allie's point again, I think just a red flag is when somebody says they write about everything. Like there's many things that I'm interested in, but there's not many things I would write about. You know, like the more narrow you define yourself, I think the more trust goes into that signal. So I would definitely look for people who specialize in a given niche. Not That's not to say like somebody can't change niches. Like a good writer could potentially like um, learn learn those things quickly, especially if they have great research chops and re- great writing chops. But if you're trying to hire a freelancer, especially, I would definitely go for that narrow specialty. So when deciding when to hire, whether to hire a writer or an SME, should you consider your audience or which part of the funnel you're targeting? For example, are SMEs more ideal to explain complex topics in a way that a novice will understand? Or if a piece is too high level, could it go over their heads like with technical jargon? What do you guys think about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, actually, Allie, I think you were talking about this with regards to your role in that, like, if you want to write kind of one-on-one level stuff and top of the funnel stuff, it actually helps not to have a ton of embedded knowledge already, because then you're writing for the people who are also coming in mm-hmm. with their first touch point at to that topic, too. So you, you just naturally have more empathy for the reader at that point in their journey. So I, I actually yeah. think that's a, a very good use case. Yeah, I would definitely say more not necessarily a generalist, but definitely more of like a, someone who specializes more on the writing side than the subject side would definitely be better equipped to tackle top of funnel more of like, what is, why is it important? How to do this? Because really high level, it's easy to research. It's uh, there's stuff that's already out there. Um, And they can build more of a narrative around those simple topics or, you know, high level topics, but in the same vein, um, it really does depend on the audience because going back to you know my personal example, we have a subset of our audience that's very technical. And if they read content that is obviously not written by someone who's technical, even if it is top of funnel, they won't trust that content. So now, I don't think it can only be broken up by the funnel. I definitely think like within each stage, depends on what subset of your audience you're targeting with each stage of that content. Um, so the audience, I think, comes into play a lot more than I think people realize. Right. It's super important. To think I, I don't even know if it's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David. I think it also comes down to your strategy and the maturity of your company as well. Like mm-hmm. there are some companies that might... Like when I was at Fishtown Analytics and we were thinking about content for DBT, which is for data engineering and data transformation, we had an agency working on that content and the way they wrote was very content marketing. If you're a data engineer, you can sniff that out immediately. Yeah. Like their, their headlines are like, what is data transformation? And our audience doesn't, they don't, they know what that is. They don't need to be told what it is. They want to know how like the best practices and how, like how other companies do data transformation. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if that's what your audience is looking for, but also if that's sort of the brand you want to develop versus the one-on-one stuff, that's where you can niche down because the top of funnel, um, one-on-one entry-level content is really easy to create. So it's very saturated. So it might be a strategic decision as well to say, hey, we know it's not going to be high traffic, but we want to focus on SME, like middle, bottom of the funnel content because we know that that makes us experts in that content and it demonstrates to our audience that we know our shit. Yes. 
Yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't even know. So like we were using the framework of like the top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel and all that stuff. I think if we expand beyond that, it's actually the format of the content that you're writing. Like if you think about it, intercom they're like people know them because they're kind of a, a led by experts, but you know, edited by editors. So you go there and it's like really high level thought leadership, but things that nobody could write if they didn't know the topic, like the back of their hand. And I think that stuff is really, really difficult for a generalist writer or any writer to know because there's so many unknown unknowns. Like you could write technical articles about a topic like A-B testing, but it would be very difficult to write something that's truly like opinion shifting about the Mm A-B testing industry unless you really worked in it and kind of knew the space very well. And also, I think there's other forms of content that writers can do perfectly well that may even get a little technical. Um, things like interviews, right? Like that's a journalistic activity and you can sprinkle through a bunch of technical insights. Um, SEO driven content is probably the perfect example. You can, you can frame things from a writing, from an SEO perspective, and then use your subject matter experts on your team or kind of in the industry to make sure that you're like checking those boxes and like appear incredible. But some content is very, very difficult to do, uh, whether it's top of the funnel or bottom of the funnel. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good point. Yeah. One last thing. I also think that, and this isn't always a clear cut case, but I, I do think that generalist writers or writer first folks tend to be better for SEO driven content. Uh, depending on the query, obviously it always comes down to the keywords and the purpose of each piece of content. But I've found from experience that SME driven content, when I have a tr- through SME in my hands, like I'm not going to put them on that generalist stuff. Like I'm going to ask them to tackle the hard stuff, the stuff I don't know, and honestly contribute some of their own ideas, um, whether or not it has to do with like our product or service. But that's some pretty valuable knowledge that I'm not going to waste on like what is, why is it important, how to do it. Um, But the trade-off is their writing might not fit into the perfect mold of like a keyword. You can't always reverse engineer that kind of content into like a a target SERP. So then I find that SME content is almost better for all other types of distribution, social, Quora, Reddit, YouTube, kind of like what we're doing here. Um, I think it's actually more of a long game than people realize. And I think that might be why people shy away from working with subject matter experts. Um, I know there's a place for both folks, but that's my experience with it is it's a little bit of a a trade-off, but it pays off dividends in, in the long run. Long term. Yeah. So that's sort of what Derek Gleason was saying when I interviewed him for uh, that article I did on guest posts or guest writer pipelines. Uh, And I actually resonate with this because we have the same experience at CXL. When we would work with guest writers at CXL, it's like we we didn't give them any guidelines or content briefs. We just let it rip, you know, because we didn't want to filter it through any of our own lenses. We just wanted their kind of pure expertise. And then you pull that in and hopefully you've got like a good editorial process and you could still, you know, append a keyword to that or you could basically like, you know, go through and change the title tag, the H2s and all that stuff. But I think if you have, yeah, like Ali was saying, if you have a subject matter expert, you just want their knowledge like as unfiltered as possible. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of format it the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like going on that, um, would you like if the company had the luxury to hire both a writer and an SME to work on a single piece? Is that something you would you would suggest? Like, how would they tackle that piece? Would the SME come in and, you know, lay out the foundation and the writer would come in and enhance it and hook the reader? How would they work together on something like that? Does that happen? I personally have not done that. Um, I think it depends on so if, if by writer you mean content marketer, 
as I define myself. I think that's kind of where I'm at in my job is I know I'm a good writer. I know I'm a good strategist. I don't know exactly what I'm writing about, but that doesn't mean I'm not a good fit for my role or for my team, but I've taken what I know, which is more of the strategy, you know, briefing the writer and then editing on the back end for both like reading experience and conversion experience, but where the, the middle is where the SME lives. And so I think it's almost like opposite of what you said. And this is just in my case is mm-hmm. like, if you have a writer or someone who's familiar with the content marketing landscape, using content to, you know, attract, convert, et cetera, they probably are better like bookends for the writing experience. And then the middle is where you kind of like let the SME run free, um, let them, you know, do what they do best. And then you can either, like Alex said, reel it in, maybe map to a keyword, drop some CTA, or, yeah, CTAs and publish, stuff like that. Right. That's how I see those two combining on a piece, but I actually haven't had experience elsewhere. Yeah, I would always either, if I knew what I was going to write about, I would either interview them and get quotes for the article and kind of sprinkle those in and use that mm-hmm. to inform my piece. Or I would, if I was sourcing a guest writer uh, from like an external company or even somebody in-house at like, let's say CXL again, um, then I would just act as the editor, essentially. Like they would do the work in terms of writing. Uh, they would go unfiltered and I would just edit it. So that, that was probably the most collaboration um, that went into that. But I, I think it's very effective to think like a journalist in some of those cases. Um, so, you know, you want to write about a topic, you know, what you want to write about, um, I don't know, let's say how to, how to design content briefs or something like that. And you know, the, the correct people to reach out to, like you, you've got the framing for the topic. You can do the keyword research and get your content brief kind of, well, this is getting meta. <laughs> you've got your content brief in order, and then you can reach out to the people and sprinkle in those quotes. So yeah. I think that's a really good way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have additional input on this, but I just had an idea. Like we do these kitchen sides. Lizzie has interviewed me for like one of the pieces. We should interview other thought leaders outside omniscient for like mm-hmm. any topics that we think they'd be a good person to talk on. As well. Yeah. Yeah. I have we do have, we have that too. product uh, content as a product coming up with a guest contributor. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, is, it, is there ever a case where you find an SME, but maybe they're not great at writing? Can you maximize their knowledge in another format, like maybe a video interview or a podcast, like we just mentioned? <laughs> like, is that, yeah. is that a thing too? Typically, yeah. I would say usually uh, I lead with an idea first or like a concept first. And if I know I'm not best equipped to either answer the question or I know I'm not the ultimate source of knowledge and I would like to almost include diversifying ideas or opinions i'll definitely reach out to smes or one sme as we just said um have you all ever found an sme and you've wanted to like i guess that's been happening with the rest of the podcast starting with the person and then to figuring out what they know and what they want to talk about mm-hmm. 100 yeah i this is something i used to do as well uh again at cxl is like i i wanted to know more people in the industry. So I, I didn't do it on a podcast and I didn't record any of it, but I used to just go get lunch with people twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I felt like um, I built some pretty good friendships that way. And I would often pull away interesting ideas from those conversations and then loop back out and reach back out to them, you know, when I would actually write those topics. So I, I think like any conversation with a subject matter expert is, is a pretty good breeding ground for interesting ideas like that. Very cool. Um, all right, let's just touch on where you can find writers and where you can find subject matter experts. I know we talked about finding writers in another podcast, which we can link to here. Um, and also, are SMEs inherently more expensive than a content writer? Um, I'll start with the first question. 
I don't think finding SMEs is too terribly different than writers. It depends on the purpose. So if you want them to contribute content, I would say the outreach is pretty similar to the other ways we recommended. Um, I think it depends more on how you post your job ad, how you pitch your project, how you like poise what you're looking for. Um, because the right folks will know how to find you. Like when I pitched this, this freelance writer I needed for my, my other job, I made it very clear. I was like, I would like somebody with this experience. Like I need someone to help me understand this stuff to fill the gaps. I can't, I can't do myself. Um, but that came down to me. That was my responsibility. Uh, depending on if you're looking for someone for like a podcast guest or a video interview, like that process is, is somewhat different. Um, I will say I have the best luck too on places like Quora people answering questions for the sake of it just because they really know or care about a topic is huge. Um, doesn't always promise a great, you know, writing style, but again, knowledge outweighs, outweighs that, especially if you can wrap up with some nice editing on the back end of their work. Um, that's where I would say is the best place to find them. Isn't there, I mean, isn't a subject matter expert like inherently already at your company? It depends. Like, don't you already have people who know the product and industry that you're in if, if you work for that company? I think it depends. I mean, it comes down to time. Some people just aren't aligned with content. They don't have time to do or stuff. They And find out the answers, right? Like find a consultant or something outside of the company. What was the first part you cut out? Oh, sorry. I was just saying they, like you're saying time is a problem. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just say consult outside and get... Yeah. I mean, I've been leveraging one of our product marketers for answering one-off questions, things like that. But in terms of depending on someone to sit down and write a piece of content or like interview multiple times for a piece of content, unless you do have a large enough team to leverage, I, I haven't found that's a very reliable source for SMEs um, for the long term. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good point. But I, I like your point on finding people who are already producing content who are just kind of like passionate about it. The core yeah. stuff, people who speak at conferences the the point on that, uh, Carissa, I think that I actually think they're mostly free. I, I don't think you have to pay them most of the time because um, I think like they're, they're passionate and, and don't get a lot of opportunities to kind of write about their ideas and they tend to want the distribution more so than like a couple hundred bucks for a blog post. Hmm. I would never. Yeah, I've also, I've realized that some of the best SMEs have have a lot of opinions and thoughts and they're like, oh, I should I should make time to write this or I should mm-hmm. turn this into a presentation or I want to do more speaking. But it's just like additional work for them that, you know, they have their day job. They don't really have time to put together a presentation or pitch themselves to speak. So oftentimes it's flattering to have someone be like, hey, I want to interview you on this because I know you, you know a lot about it and you're an expert. And it meets their goals of wanting to get their work out there as well. Um, and I think the hybrid of an SME who actually makes time to write is quite rare. Like I know for myself as a, like in product, lots of, there are a lot of great product managers, not all of them write stuff. Right. And the ones who do end up like getting like kind of accelerating a career. Like every product person I know publishes a lot of content and publishes their thoughts. Um, so it's, I think finding those folks that aren't already publishing is is kind of the ideal because they have a lot of ideas that probably aren't out in the world yet. Mm-hmm. Every product manager does seem to post on Twitter and have a sub stack now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the ones we follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say about that? 
yeah, so your point on, on the time thing is actually really crucial. I think then what we're doing with Omniscient Office Hours is really cool because I think like the, the less friction you have in that process for like getting those ideas out there, the better. So our, our goal, I mean, granted, like our subject matter experts are also content marketers, so they do tend to write a lot. But if you can make it easy for them to get that content out there via like a podcast interview or a webinar mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and then get somebody to repurpose that content into a blog post, I feel like that's just a win-win because then you're getting that knowledge and you're getting the content out there in blog post format. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another place I can see writers and SMEs working together. When I was at HubSpot, like I really had to fine tune. I had to like pull journalism skills out of nowhere because I wanted to leverage like a ton of internal and external SMEs, but I knew sending them a brief, sending them an open-ended question, asking even for a call um, it sometimes didn't work. Like I had to know what I wanted to write ahead of time, the specific questions I wanted to ask. If we were able to jump on a live call, I had to know how to get right to the root of what I needed from them because they didn't have a lot of time and because they weren't so content marketing minded. Um, they were too busy executing on what I exactly what I wanted to know. So I think that's another place where writers and SMEs can can combine their skills. But I do think in the future, like it's even going to be more important for writers to know those skills because that's where they're going to deliver value is not in the generic top of funnel content, but more in like deciphering and like basically translating SMEs and what they know into narratives, interviews, podcasts, stuff like that. I don't know if we're going into tips fully yet, but Ali, you mentioned uh, kind of like doing your research, right. And like, and asking good questions first, like that was kind of an an illusion there. Um, that's a huge point. I feel like sometimes I get reached out to for, for topics on conversion rate optimization and somebody reaches out with this generic question, like, you know, what is like, what's, what's the next trend in AB testing or what's the next trend in conversion rate optimization or what's yeah. your number one tip for landing page optimization? And I'm like, well, that's a horrible question. Like it depends yeah. first off. Do you want me to write a book? There's been bo- books written on that. Yeah. Um, but then when somebody fires off like a quick question, very specific, something like, you know, how do you solve the multiple comparisons problem when you're segmenting mm-hmm. your results? That shows me, all right, one, I have a specific answer for that. Two, they've done their research. Like they're not just like firing off emails to like everybody, you know, who came up on BuzzSumo as mm-hmm. a CRO, you know, influencer or whatever. Yeah, so I, I think that's actually really important. It's a reflection of how little they, how little work they put into it before they came to you. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. It's funny over time, I've learned that like, the best SMEs to interview probably don't have time. And so the point is to make it as easy as to snag their knowledge, even if it is like three sentences. Yeah. Because if you can really help parse down like what you want to know from them, they'll get back. Like Alex said, they'll get back to you faster. They'll know exactly what to say. And it's probably going to be much better than a generic tip Mm -hmm. um, that might even look the same across all the answers you've collected. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Any other tips to add? That's, uh, I mean, I'd like to ask you, Carissa, like, how do you, when you don't have the subject matter expertise and you have to figure out the right questions to ask, how do you, what's your process for figuring that out? It's just like Alex said, you're playing a journalist, you're reporting, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're seeking the expertise of those and then quoting them. Or if I'm not directly quoting them, I'm sort of paraphrasing and then doing a little extra research on my own in order to round it out, basically. So I can appear as knowledgeable as possible in the piece. 
that's how I get that's it. cool yeah. I, yeah I actually do feel like um during these these conversations the kitchen sides you do come up with very specific questions that allow us to like hone in on very specific things okay. so do you do you research like blog posts on the topic first like how do you go about that process yeah so I mean this is meta right I I have never worked with subject matter experts at all myself so I went and did some research on what that looks like and then having that um that view of it I'm able to come up with questions like okay now I know a little bit more about this if I were a company what questions would I have like what should Mm -hmm. I prioritize an SME or a writer and why so definitely takes doing research ahead of time I I also feel like um, I feel like you lead with the curiosity that probably our audience also has. So I think that's some of the magic in having you come up with these questions because we've done these before where it's just me and Allie and we tend to just kind of rant (laughs) on like these very esoteric and specific things. But having you frame it, um, of course, with some research to make it specific, I think you come at it from the angle that our audience is probably looking for as well. Right. Yeah. And. I, I like that you start specific because it's ultimately going to inspire us to either expand. It's going to, you know, tip off different things, different stories and experiences in our minds. So starting specific isn't a way to like set really heavy boundaries in the conversation. I thought that early on when I was trying to interview folks and leverage their knowledge. I was like, if I start too specific, maybe they won't open up about anything else. But it almost does. It almost does that because it just like really taps into something that they're super passionate about and they probably will want to talk to you about it for a while and they'll have ideas from experiments they've run or bad experiences that they've had in the past and they've learned from. So starting out really specific like this and tapping on very, I don't know, specific things. I think that's a good place to start. Well, good. I'm glad it's working. (laughs) Any other tips to add for companies looking to hire one or the other or both? Anything they should look for? Any red flags? Um, I mean, you did mention when they say they can write anything, that is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think in terms of like subject matter experts. I think, um, I, I guess you have to have a writer or a content marketing manager who's good enough at discerning like experts from kind of, you know, B- BS thought leaders. Mm-hmm. I think that is just like some time in the space and you, you start to sniff that out. I think that's probably important. Because you, you can have thought leaders who don't actually know what they're talking about, and then you're just getting bad kind of secondhand knowledge. Can we define in, in your eyes, what is a thought leader? Because it seems to have changed over the years. <laughs> yeah, a thought leader is such a generic term, but I, I think of it as somebody who's kind of like trying to change opinions or mindsets about a given industry. And they're typically doing that through speaking, writing, podcasting, um, yeah, it's somebody who, who you see giving talks on stage or something like that. But uh, yeah, I guess it is pretty generic. I, I don't know how you guys would, would feel about that definition. Unique ideas about something. They're trying to bring something different. Yeah, but yeah. it's not even like, I feel like there's not even a lot of like unique ideas now in thought leadership. I, I, I think yeah. Ali and I probably ranted on that once before. Yeah, I think thought leadership is even watered down. At the end of the day, I mean... We all have different opinions about things, but we've started to funnel them into what ranks and what works and what other people have done. Um, I think a true thought leader is someone who doesn't give a crap about any of that and they go off their own experience and their own, I don't know, their own lives to tell stories and talk about things. And that's why I think thought leadership pieces have probably the least amount of research. I mean, you can open with why something is important based on statistics or why someone should care based on like research studies. But at the end of the day, it's majority experience-based firsthand opinion or it's, or it's a journalist who has done that. 
Um, but I have lots of opinions about this. We'll have to save this for another conversation. I, I don't know how helpful this is going to be because it's kind of a very concrete example from my experience. But one of the true thought leaders that I'll say, like authentic thought leaders that I worked with when I was at CXL, his name is Andrew Anderson. And we actually found him on Quora, uh, just a super, super passionate A-B tester and somebody I've learned a ton from. But he would write posts titled like, you know, why your organization wants conversion optimization to fail. <laughs> it would just be like this completely contrarian view. And he would write the draft, you know, just like start to finish, just stream of conscious. And I would edit it to, to make it a blog post. But that to me is like, he, he was a true thought leader in that sense. Like where, Ali, you're saying like, he didn't really think about like SEO or, you know, how this topic makes him look in like the broader community. It was purely something that he thought based on his experience. So I, I think that's probably a true thought leader. And then the, the more generic term is just kind of anybody trying to get attention and has, that has opinions, you know? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I think for me, like taking a little bit of a different direction, if a company had to hire someone, I'd recommend they not hire a fresh college grad with like a journalism degree. Like I think it helps, but someone who's more, I think, I think someone who has really good communication can do it in writing is very curious and maybe has a journalism background, like is worth a lot. We can take really complex ideas and communicate it well. And maybe it's a prodigy fresh out of college, or maybe it's someone who's been working for a couple of years and has worked with many SMEs. Um, and that, that person is going to take a content program to the next level. Like they're going to be able to figure out what type of content to create, who the SMEs are, what questions to ask versus an SME. Like they may be, they may have a lot of opinions, but it may not always be the best communicated. Right. Um, and that that's where a more generalist experienced writer slash editor is yeah. very valuable. Yeah. The editing piece, because like, even for me coming from a video background, um, you know, you listen for those bites that, Oh, that would make a great quote or something to pull the reader in and keep their interest. And that's just something you have an ear for over time, especially when you're editing video. So you can do that in your writing as well. And it definitely helps. All right. Anything else to add? This is a pretty good combo. Got lots of ideas for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Cool.